0: This week, the ad industry is bracing for a Google Chrome update. We'll tell you why it's important to know about next on The A Game. This week, I am joined by Jeff Culleton. That's me. Our old friend, Morgan Rooks. Howdy hey. Actually, it's young Morgan Rooks. And good friend, Hope Ho's in the house today. What's up? Hope Ho! And of course, my name's Jim Ganser. We're not talking about Burger King this week, so hopefully we didn't you have did anybody too many Burger just, Kings. Yeah, I mean, I've, we've gotten some feedback that it might be too much Burger King talk.
1: We just said Burger King like five times. Have it your Burger way. Burger King,
2: Burger King, Burger King. <laughs>
0: See what I did there? Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. <laughs> <laughs> Burger King, Burger King, Burger King. Yeah, uh, but but this week we're we're getting back to our core, which is uh, talking about ad tech and targeting. So. So essentially this week um, Google announced an anti-tracking privacy tools update. um, And then there is a little bit of reverberation coming from the digital ad communities, making it sound like the the sky is falling. So essentially the way that it works is um, there is a a policy that's going in on Google Chrome that essentially closely mirrors what um, Apple's ITP anti-tracking updates or we're built off of Hope Ho since you are the master of of Google uh, internally here can you talk to us a little bit about what what exactly the ITP anti-tracking updates are for Apple and and how does this correspond back to what Google announced this week
1: Yeah so basically the Chrome update will require developers to explicitly allow their cookies to be used across multiple websites. So there will be less abuse of cookies overall. Not that there was like that much to begin with, but a lot of like third party data providers that might not have a relationship with Google um, use cookies to track, I guess, consumers across all of these different pages. And although, that's kind of phased out more, I feel, right Morgan, can you speak to this? no
2: I'm like I'm just like trying to follow along.
1: Sorry um, from my understanding, for the most part, the use of cookies has kind of dissipated, not dissipated, but it's lessened across the board for some no
0: could we? Just do a quick um, schooling on what exactly is a cookie for any of our listeners out there that might not be as savvy.
2: Sure. Do you want to take that? No, I'm really bad at explaining. So, okay. So think a cookie is a tiny pixel or piece of code that when you visit a website, um, especially today in the the era of GDPR, you might get a pop-up on the bottom of the website that says, we use cookies, and they will ask you to accept it. And what happens there is that a tiny pixel is being placed in your browser. And what that does is it tracks your usage around that website. So for example, if you go to um, to Walmart's website and you shop for diapers and you shop for dog food and you shop for bed linens, um, that cookie is tracking that information about you. It's tracking how much time you spent on site, where you went on site. Um, And it may be able to collect other information if you're logged in, it may know your gender or your age range. So um, it's basically collecting all of that information and then later they can target you based on the behaviors that you demonstrated while that cookie was enabled.
1: Yeah, I think what I was really trying to get at is that the use of cookies such widespreadly has been lessened a little bit with like Safari's updates and then Firefox is pretty good about um, limiting the use of cookies as well. And so I don't think it comes as a huge shock that Chrome mm-hmm. is also adapting similar policies, but.
3: Well, the browsers in general, I mean, as, as privacy becomes a bigger focus, have to lead enabled no cookies first. And so that's a that's a hurdle for advertisers. The next hurdle for advertisers, although it's still in the European mm-hmm. Union, it, well, let me rephrase that. It's it's affects companies that do business in the European Union, which means that you all now see um, GDPR cookie updates, uh, like Morgan mentioned when you pop in the bottom of your screen. Um, I I think this is significant. It's only going to keep becoming more significant, and it's leading to advertisers have to having to jump over higher and higher walls in order to, to get attention. So advertisers are gonna have to be better, progressively profile people more, so gain more information and consent from them. Um, and, and the ones that win uh, that are gonna see massive upticks um, in their digital presence. And so the ones that don't are gonna see significant redactions in what they're, um, in what they're currently able to do online.
2: To Hope's point, sorry, Jim, I'm interrupting you, but uh, to Hope's point is that uh, I think cookie tracking is still prevalent. The reason that we don't see maybe as many cookies as we used to is because you can't use cookies on mobile. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. advertisers and data providers and data collectors have needed to find alternate ways of tracking people as mobile device usage increases. So that Um, relates to mobile ID tracking or uh, location-based tracking. Mm -hmm. Um, An alternative that we see a lot to cookie-based tracking is IP tracking, um, which is a bit more complicated and um, has uh, some fallacies associated with it, but you can also kind of track user behavior based on the IP address of their internet access. So those are just a couple different Mm -hmm. alternatives to cookies that data providers are using.
3: So let's, can we take worst, worst case scenario, let's be reactionary for a minute. Let's say this is the this is a um, one of the early steps in advertisers not being able to use uh, user behavior on uh, the internet in order to target and personalize ads to people. What, what then? Like, what, do, what, what does an advertiser do? Google comes out and they say, you know what? Our company and our future, which in, they and Facebook have already said, or is privacy, and you know what? We know this is our business model, and we know this is where we make the most of our revenue. But we know that you know to make long-term gains, we're going to have to make short-term cuts, and you can't get anything anymore. <laughs> what do you What do you do? Like, do do we completely revert back to heavy TV, radio, programmatic audio rotation? Like, what happens?
0: I don't think we we revert all the way back. Um, essentially, advertisers are going to have one of two choices. Um, And this is a worst case scenario. This is not necessarily the reality of the situation because keep in mind, um, ad blocking was this, uh, not too long ago, it was gonna be the end of advertising. It was gonna be the death of banner ads. And the realistic situation is about 20 to 25% of online users are are actively initiating ad blockers. So it's it's not the end of the world. But say there is a situation where that pi grows and i think there's good reason to believe that it will grow because yeah. if you think about chrome as a browser they represent about 80% of of total online usage from a browser standpoint
3: is that true that that's the number now that is the number it's holy
0: ridiculous. cow 80% i, did, I didn't share. know so even 25% that had on percent, yeah, that is going to take the overall um, percentages up so it gives advertisers one of two options number one you get in bed with google because they still have all their data mm-hmm. Or <laughs> which is absolutely sexy. Um, too sexy. <laughs> <I think. And laughs> Did you just write said Fred? Did you I'm too sexy? I didn't say I'm too sexy. But you're said are. too sexy. It is too sexy. Don't okay me, Hope. Don't <laughs> spot my jokes. <laughs> yeah, she just tried was, to put guardrails on my jokes, Jim. I was episode. laughing at Morgan.
1: She um, was laughing at me. Oh, okay. I was laughing at Morgan.
0: But the second option is in order to get rich data on users, you're gonna have to go direct to publisher and use their first party data. Mm-hmm. So what that means for advertisers is all of a sudden their CPMs are gonna be climbing. They've grown accustomed to using third party segments or blending that third party with their first party segments and, and paying rock bottom prices in terms of cost per thousand impressions, which is the currency by which we purchase um, advertising online. So those two $3 CPMs are gonna shoot up to 25 $30 CPMs. And control goes back to the publishers. So it, it's going to change the way that buyers and planners um, kind of spread those dollars. The challenge becomes clients are still going to want what they get now. So it, it really puts a press on people like us, and it really puts Google in the driver's seat.
2: Well, it really forces us to look at alternate sources of data. Um, we can still... so. I mean, what we're talking about is that third-party data that's based off cookies might become obsolete. But, you know, as we kind of alluded to before, there's alternate means mm-hmm. of accessing that data. So it means that things like location-based data providers, like, like the factuals and the place IQs and the cubics of the world, like that's where they step up because they're accessing their data in a different way. They're looking at actual movement behavior, where you spend your time. Um, you know, based on your phone location, we look at again, like IP targeting. So there are alternate methods to access third party data. But to Jim's point, it's a really interesting shift, you know, programmatic was kind of heralded a bit as the death of of the direct buy with the publisher. Mm -hmm. Um, But if worst case scenario happens with Chrome, and and everyone decides, yes, I'm going to block cookies, that does mean that we're circling back around to having those direct buys.
1: I have a question for you guys.
3: In general, a collectivist is not at one particular person?
1: No, okay. it's not. It's just whoever wants to answer. But so Google has a very deeply integrated cookie for just like their whole entire login system. So if you log into Google on Chrome, you have everything. Everything is being watched by Google, essentially. Um, do you think that the cookie limiting will affect their own stuff? And if... They, if it is, do you think they're shooting themselves in the foot? Or do you think that they're creating more of a monopoly scenario for themselves? I think
3: it's the latter. I think we Agreed. talked about it last week or a couple of weeks ago. They're one of the few companies like Amazon, like Apple, who can set the edge, who can say, this is the way it's going to work. I have the resources to tell you the way it's going to work. And even if I have to make a massive pullback in one area, I'm going um, to you know, set the future for myself. And so I think, I think they have um, this is this is them giving themselves the power. James?
0: Yeah. I'm going to answer that with, I agree with Jeff. Haiku. But I'm going to also pose another question to the group. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring up the A word, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of pressure uh, in terms of search from Amazon. Amazon is is growing fast. Uh, it's been well documented that there's- On this show. On this show, several times over, it makes me wonder, Does some of what's going on with their search product and being able to wrap their arms around share of search, are they potentially trying to fortify different revenue streams from an advertising standpoint? Could Amazon in a secondary f- fashion be helping drive a new strategy in terms of how do they gain a greater share of, of digital marketing?
2: Do you mean is Google reacting to Amazon? Is that what the question is?
0: Is it? I don't think it's a direct response, but could there be some kind of correlation here between you know, their business model and and how to kind of gain a greater share outside of the search area? Or am I just going way too deep on this?
1: Huh. I think they already have a really big share outside of the search market and this is i guess making it bigger
3: you're saying amazon or google
1: google google yeah
3: the, but uh, to jim's point i think it is a very good point is who are the ones who can disrupt google amazon is functionally the only one right now that has their own housed search engine that's starting to rival the number of of daily searches and then consequently they can map that in a way that google can't to first party purchases so Amazon can look and say, "Hey CPG company, hey anybody who sells anything. Now you can search in here, you can advertise in here and then you can get direct attribution to a sale." Right. And that is extraordinarily threatening.
1: But Amazon's search engine per se, I'm using air quotes, um air quotes. They're only really used for retail. Like people don't really search on Amazon for anything else. Absolutely true. So that's like a very, not niche scenario, but that's a pretty limiting scenario. So
3: let me let me throw a little curveball at you there, Hopo. Is Amazon's getting into healthcare? You yeah, want to look at he- like
1: pharma or something? Mm-hmm.
3: You want to look at healthcare markets. You want to look at what's the best policy for me? You want to look at drug prescription prices. You want to the applications of what they're able to do while you are 100% dead on right now it is a retail scenario i think what you're seeing is they have the backbone to do functionally whatever they want with it and then the resources to do that as well um, do they have is this a concerted effort i don't i don't know but it could be if they wanted it to
2: i mean i think the healthcare example is a bit moot because they can't use that data, right? So, oh, yeah.
3: not yet. I just Christian bailed her.
2: Well, as long as the government has anything to say about it, they will never be able to use that data, right? It's HIPAA. So, you can't use any healthcare information.
3: Do you, um, so quick question, and I don't know the answer to this, but I'm about to be wildly sarcastic. Um, does Amazon lobby? Do they have a lobbying arm? Trick question, they do. Um, and they spend a whole bunch of money, and if laws are going to get changed, uh, might change in Amazon's favor.
2: If big pharma can't change that law,
3: because they have a stupid name.
2: You think that Amazon can? Take they
3: need it a way law? better. Th- What's it, How do you? Say, who's the bad guy in Endgame? Thanos. Yeah, well, I didn't want to mispronounce it, and then you have that to hold over my head in recorded history forever. <laughs> but like, you know, they could be the Thanos of this whole
0: thing. End game. All right, quick quick survey for the group. Third-party data. How much do we really trust this stuff?
2: Because I regularly recommend third-party data to our clients, I'm going <laughs> say to highly. say it is the accurate, most accurate source of information that we can get to find their target outside of first-party data.
3: She, she, Morgan, you know what you should do? is You should do um, the security reading on an airline. Oh, I All love airlines. airlines. Oh my you God, would be. Always be I Yeah,
2: I would be out a flight attendant. Uh, at yeah.
3: that, because that was I. That was the most calming, backhanded. That was great.
2: In the event of turbulence.
0: See, let yeah. me let me reposition that, because obviously I put you in a tough spot there. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Um, and I, I will caveat this this re repositioning of the question with. Third-party data needs to be watched closely. And there's so many sources you constantly need to kind of evaluate, eliminate, test, and learn. Nothing is 100% bulletproof. But is third-party data really the future that we're moving towards with digital advertising anyway?
3: That's a great point. You know what he just did? He sifted through the garbage, Mm -hmm. and he found the nugget. Nice work, Jim. I don't have an answer. I'd like I to throw, just, that. Like to throw that
2: to Hope.
0: Yeah, Hope, you're the, you're the wave of the I future.
2: I would like to throw it back to Morgan. I'm still thinking. I look at this. I feel there's like there's a game <laughs> of
0: tennis going on. To
2: be honest, I feel like I'm Jeff culleton this episode by talking too much. but <laughs>
3: the, the, Our viewers want you to.
2: There can
0: only well, be as one As long Jeff. as you're not Christian bailing. No, we we no. might need to go back and figure out what that means. Anyway. I'm Morgan.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I'm bad. Good
2: marketers know that first-party data is gold. And and third-party data will never live up to it. Yeah. We know from working with industries where first-party data is not available for use that yeah. you know we have to rely on third-party data. And uh, to your point, you know we we test it and, and measure it as much as we can. But short of doing a, a one eighty back to where we were with the industry of, of buying just publisher data and relying on their site traffic, it's, it's what some verticals have.
3: Can I be capitalist for a second? I mean, isn't everybody making too much money to change?
2: What? No, <laughs> well, given regulations, you know, this is what we're seeing with Google is, you know, my gut instinct is that Google is doing this because they have been having a big struggle with GDPR. Yeah. They're getting fined a lot in Europe so they need to find something that is privacy compliant but have also done it in such a way that they're going to make money off of it because now they're going to hold all of that data by saying no more cookies from everybody else but by opting into chrome or opting into using google products we get to collect your data and it's kind of evil genius
1: and they started this six years ago. So like this is just the icing on top that it's also GDPR compliant. Is this is,
3: I gotta tell you, this is, this is the tough part about being a SaaS platform that is beholden to just a couple of data sources to aggregate your stuff is they change, you, you go away. And it's not like in a, a, a year or two, it's like all of a sudden your customers call you the next day and say, I signed an X amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars of contract with you in order to get this data. Now you can't get it. And you're on the phone like, yup. And that's what happened with uh, a lot of the influencer platforms Mm -hmm. last year when, was it Instagram? I think it was Instagram. Instagram goes in without saying anything. It was a response to Mark Zuckerberg being on Capitol Hill and answering questions about privacy. Basically went and said, okay, The API call limit is now going to be, you know, I'm going to screw it up, but 50 versus 5,000 an hour. And so those platforms are like, wait a second, I can only make 50 calls against your API. I can't pull back data fast enough. My clients are used to getting it almost instantaneously. They're on the phone. I remember being on several calls with our platforms and being like, uh, they're like, we don't have an answer yet. And that was, (laughs) that was, that happened for quite a bit.
0: Okay, so I'm going to survey the team. Is this all hype? Is this a, a hype story or is there actually reason for us to be potentially? I don't want to use the word concerned. Okay, we'll just use the, the word concern. Yeah, we can use concerned. We'll use concern because it, it does change the way that um, a lot of folks in our industry would, would be operating. Yeah. Is this a real big story or is it just completely overhyped Morgan?
2: It's a, a real big story, but as I think we've talked about frequently on this podcast, I don't. I still don't think that the broad population is as concerned with their use of data as the media. And I don't want to be like all oh, you know, arr, arr, media, but <laughs> as as perhaps the media would let us lead us to believe, yeah. because we aren't seeing people taking the actions necessary to protect their data. They're not changing their behavior. So I I. If it is an adoption, it's going to be a very, very slow one Mm -hmm. um, and almost thrust upon people, whereas we're currently in an opt-in situation. So that's my thoughts.
1: I totally agree with you 100%. And as you said, that whole entire media thing, I just thought of the fact that maybe exposing data providers like this is an ulterior motive for the media providers because then we'd have to buy Ooh, more direct.
2: Hope. Look, at the ways hope thinking.
1: You know what
3: those are? Those are hot takes. Oh, I'm not those even are conspiracies. answering. I'm not following up that. I'm just happy to be here Wait, with Queens a squad of data that's, the, which, that's
0: so deft. Good points. Good points. I um, love
2: that we've left them, like, Speechless You left yeah. me Literally L- your speechless Jim O Lady
1: you
0: Gaga your takes? My takes Yeah um, I think it's a little bit of hype I'm, If I'm going to be honest I feel like it's a little bit of hype I think it has The potential to be a big story You know Kind of To Morgan's point that hasn't necessarily caught on People aren't necessarily as concerned As you would think they would be And and I feel like the industry just has a way of pivoting when these types of things happen. I mean, we, we had a episode, God knows how long ago, when there was an article posted on New York Times about um, geolocation. geolocation. Like geolocation is like the new gold standard of understanding who we're going after. There is clear cut patterns associated with that and that's not cookie data. You know, that's device IDs. So I think there's different ways. Um, I think short term, uh, Google might have some gains with this. But ultimately, I mean, how many people are really going into the browser and and, and, and choosing to protect themselves? I just, I don't see enough uh, of a baseline of human behavior that suggests that it's going to really shake up our world.
3: Let me, no. I, I will say this, though, from, from just in, from the, the business of being an advertising agency, we almost have to react like that is reality. Because if we don't react like that's reality, like it's going to happen at some point, then it happens one day when they don't tell you, and then you're in the worst position possible. If you act like it's reality and it's going to happen and it never does, then you're prepped and you're in a great spot you act like it does, you lose clients immediately. It's the ones who are going to be looking at the risk profile of their clients. Because, you know, we've got 80 whatever clients. It's the ones who look at the risk profile of their clients and say, hey, this might not happen, but if it does, it's going to make a catastrophic difference from day to day. And whether or not it does happen or it doesn't, we need to be ready for it.
0: I'm going to actually take it up a level. Ooh. And, and actually for this point, I'm going to request that our listeners actually turn up the volume a little bit. Turn it up. This is the first time it's ever happened. Calling out to turn it up. People in our seats should not be waiting for a press release to respond to these types of things. You need to be able to see it coming. You need to be looking. You need to have people in your organization that are focused on three years down the road. Preach. And... Frankly, if, if the people that you're working with, from an advertising standpoint, a marketing standpoint, helping with strategy, aren't thinking that far down the road, then you need to take a step back, maybe look in the mirror, and, and rethink you know, the relationship. Take them to church. It is happening fast. It's only a matter of time before the next press release comes out. Do you have people that are thinking forward? At least a percentage of their time needs to be focused on the future. So if you're waiting until this Chrome update comes, comes out, you're, you're too late. You're late to the game. Morgan, you had your hand raised.
2: Oh, I mean, I, and I 100% agree with what both of you are saying about being forward thinking and not waiting for, for these things to shift. But just to, um, to back up some of the theory that this is a bit hype, I'd like to ask the three of you individually, when was the last time you cleaned your cookies? Cleared your
0: cookies? Can we stop saying cookies because it's very you know there's been a lot of cookie talk and and there was like a frosting reference mm-hmm.
3: and do you remember the movie Corky Romano? <laughs> you guys And now somebody some brought up Corky Romano.
0: When was the last I
2: When was the last time you cleared your cookies?
0: I don't know. I think 6
2: months
0: ago. Um yeah, I mean it's it's definitely within a year but not recently.
3: Well, sometimes I clear my when I clear my cache to look at updates to ads before we send them out.
2: Okay, I do you, that sometimes. Yeah, you do that for a purpose. You've never done that to actually, like...
3: No, not to, like, get rid of my data that's out in the world. So no, I'm benign enough that I'm fine.
0: No, like, if I'm getting killed with an ad and it's driving me nuts, I'll I'll go in and, you know, refresh yeah, my...
3: Yeah, sometimes I'll do it, like, if, if we've updated an ad before it goes to market, I'll do that. But So
2: I, you've been able to clear your cash and cookies since pretty much 1997. 20 years, people aren't doing that on a regular basis. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Just proving a point. People and people have had control of their data for a very long time.
1: And to back that up, like, I am really interested in how many people just off the street know
2: what a cookie is. Or how to clear them. Yeah. That's and great.
3: if you're interested in telling us if you know what a cookie is in the definition, you should probably hit us up on our social channels.
2: Yes, please do. At the A-Game podcast on Twitter great
3: segue mm-hmm. mm. thank you
0: where else are we Jim oh, um, you can find us on SoundCloud Stitcher you can find us on Stitcher Apple
1: Podcasts
0: iTunes Apple, yeah iTunes and find you can also always at LinkedIn Instagram Facebook at the Adcom Group and if you're a face-to-face kind of person come on down to West 6th in yeah, Cleveland really nice just, just I mean nice really people. accommodating and also,
1: if you know of anybody who is looking for a job, oh yes, in we advertising, are we are hiring.
3: Not only are we hiring, I mean we've got we've got a bunch of positions yeah. that we're, we're in full growth mode, two we media positions. We actually you have could,
0: four media positions, yeah. four media positions. Yeah. Four media positions.
3: You
1: can't we're growing work directly with this team who has brought you this podcast. If
3: that is in fact something you're interested, go to LinkedIn. All of those are there. Direct message us on LinkedIn. I will absolutely respond back to you, get you in here for an interview, because we need hands, because we're growing.
1: Bonus points if you reference the podcast. Oof,
3: big bonus points. Basically, go to your final interview bonus points.
0: Yeah, guaranteed (laughs) interview.
2: (laughs) But if you're just enjoying this podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. We really appreciate those ratings and reviews, and they help other people in the industry find our podcast and learn more about cookies.
3: Super duper.
0: Yeah, and come back next week For our take on the latest and greatest in marketing, technology, and trends, you're listening to the A Game.